Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley. A familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips, and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey everybody and welcome, welcome to the Forbes Factor, it's Forbes Riley. You know, one of the things that we talk about on Forbes Factor is we focus on health or we focus on wealth or we focus on just happiness. You know what, actually I like all three combined. And my guest today, this is very exciting to me because he is focusing on success. He's, you know, one of those guys who's incredibly smart, which I just love, and he's created an entire concept called the Go-Giver, Insights for Attaining Stratospheric Success. You know, we talk a lot in my world about dreaming, about dreaming big. And you know, I get on most of you that we don't dream big enough. When I ask people, what do you want? They'll tell me, oh, I want to travel or I want to help people or I want money or I want a million dollars. But I focus on the idea that if you're clear on what you want, you're going to get it. It's a crazy thing when you have the courage to ask. So I'm on this new kick about trying to explain to people what this truly means and how they can get what they want. So follow me on this one. If you call up uh, go, you know, Grubhub, Grubhub is a delivery company and I'm not endorsing them. I'm just saying any company that delivers food to your house, right? So you call them up and say, hey, you know what, guys, I'm really hungry. Can you deliver me some food? And they're going to go, sure, man, we have all kinds of food. What do you want, Italian or Chinese? Or, Well, I don't know. I want... What am I in the mood for? And you kind of go on and on about, oh, you know, let me just do a salad. Okay. What kind of salad? See, we can't just deliver a salad. We have to know what kind. Like, well, I don't know. Do I want lettuce? Ma'am, do you want romaine or iceberg? Oh, gosh. And you go on and on and on like that. That's what I hear when most of you do the I want exercise with me. It is like I can't give you or the universe can't give you what you want because you haven't made a decision. So imagine this now. You call up Grubhub and you say, hey, guys, I would like a Caesar salad. Dressing on the side, no croutons, grilled chicken, and no anchovies. Guess what gets delivered to your door? A Caesar salad with dressing on the side, no croutons, grilled chicken, and, and, and no anchovies. You get what you want. So if we can create what we want, and then we get it, and then we know we're getting it because we knew what we wanted, life becomes more exciting, and I guarantee that. So that's why I've chosen Bob Berg to be on my broadcast today, because his concept is he've got five laws of stratospheric success. And so will you please welcome to the show the go-giver man himself, Mr. Bob Berg. How are you, Bob? Hey, what a great introduction. Thank you, Forbes. Great to be with you. Oh, well, you're very exciting. You know, I was, I was excited by the, there's the word stratospheric. That just is magnificent. You're also the author of five best-selling books. I love the go-giver concept, but I think you need to explain what it's all about to my audience. Sure. Well, the, 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 the concept, the basic premise of The Go-Giver, uh, and really in all the, the entire series, is simply that shifting your focus, and this is really the key, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others and understanding that doing so is not only a, a pleasant way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially successful way as well. Uh, not because of any, you know, way out woo-woo kind of magic, but because, you know, basically it ties right into human nature. I, I'll often say to people when I speak at a sales conference, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not going to buy from you because... That. 
Huh? I love that. Well, thanks. And, and unfortunately, we don't as human beings, we're so focused on ourselves, we don't necessarily understand that, that people are going to buy, and let's say we're talking in the selling vernacular right now, but it could be anything. But, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're going to buy from you only because they believe they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. I mean, you're the perfect example when you think about it. You are, you're an expert when it comes to sales and, of course, the infomercial and all that. There, when you're making your presentation, you know, you're not making it based on what you want. You're based on the research you've done regarding what your target market wants. And you know, I even take that one step further because one of the things that I teach in my $101,000 handshake is how you can make money quickly when you just shake somebody's hand. And the question that is always asked of you is, what do you do? And most people will tell you what they do. Oh, I'm a digital marketer. I'm a this. I'm an architect. I'm a doctor. And nobody really cares what you do. We only care what you can do for us. Exactly. Right. And that, most people don't think that because if they did, they would change the way they introduce themselves. Sure. And, you know, so, so let's take what you were talking about in, the, uh, in your monologue, and you were talking about being very specific about what we want, and that's totally right on the mark. When we are the consumer or we have a desire to hit a certain goal, we need to be very concrete, we need to be very specific, we need to ask for what we want. And in communication, when we, when we do have an ask of someone, we need to make sure that we do it in a way that's so crystal clear, in a kind and tactful way, but that there's no, um, uh, but the, that there's no gray area about it. But when we are in the position of bringing value to others, what we've got to do is be just as specific, but in terms of what they want. I mean, think about it. Selling can be defined as simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires and helping them to get it. And the okay, only so, way we can so do that... that before you get to how you do that, hang on a second. Why do we think this is such an issue? Because I'm teaching a, a big course this weekend called The Forbes Factor, and we talk about pitching. Why do you think it is so confusing to everybody out there that selling is about what you want? I, I literally have to feel like we retrain people to when you're in this conversation about selling that you're giving them what they want. Didn't Zig Ziglar say, how do you make money? You make a lot of money by giving others what they want. Mm-hmm. But, but most people don't seem to think that way. Why is that? I think, Forbes, it comes down to the fact that we're human beings, and as human beings, we are naturally hardwired to be self-interested. Okay? In the cave person days, that's how we survived and propagated, right? We, we survived. Every day was literally, not figuratively, literally a matter of life and death, making it through the day. Self-interest was so, so key. And, of course, it, we don't have those same life and death issues right now, but they got hardwired into our DNA. That's why what we've got to – and that's, by the way, why we'll often say to someone when we're doing a presentation, oh, this is what I love most about it, <laughs> right? As though what we love most about it is necessarily – going to be what they love most about it, right? And that's the big, that's the big mistake people make. So what we need to do is, is not, not deny our self-interest, not forego our self-interest, but willingly suspend our self-interest. Just 
like when you go into a movie, right? I mean, you know it's a movie. You know it's not real. You're paying money to see people on a screen. Most of them you've seen before in other fake stories. You know that uh, uh, James Bond isn't really cracking a joke as some terrorist points a gun at his head. Of course not. But in order to enjoy the story, to feel the feelings, and to really be involved in it, we, we willingly set aside our disbelief. We suspend our disbelief. It's the same thing when in the sales process. We need to willingly and temporarily suspend our self-interest and focus absolutely, positively, and, and ultimately on the other person. Wow. I have never heard it put that way, and I love it because you are so dead on. Thank you. And, and as somebody who teaches pitching to others, I find that I literally hit, hit a wall all the time with people who just don't understand and, you know, people will pitch me all the time and they'll ramble on about, you know, my mom loved this fitness product. She wore the, I was like, this is not a, this is not what we're doing here. We're all about mm-hmm. making somebody else's life better and determining what they want first. Now, exactly. how did you come up with the title Go-Giver? Well, years ago, I had a book. My first kind of big book in the marketplace was called Endless Referrals, a Network or Everyday Contacts into Sales. And it was for salespeople and entrepreneurs who, you know, of course, believed in what they did, found great value uh, that they could provide to others, but they weren't comfortable in the process of building and cultivating relationships. So it was a, it was a how-to on how to do that. And the basic premise was that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Uh, But it was a how-to book, and I'd always read parables and thought, what a great way to be able to get a point across, because as you know, I mean, because you're an expert in this, stories connect with people, and it's only once you've connected on a heart-to-heart level that you're in a position to be able to influence them to make the right decision. And so um, I thought, well, let's. what what if we could take that premise and put it into parable form? So I said, what is the main characteristic, the essence, the substance of a person who develops these know, like, and trust relationships, and it's that they're always giving. And when I say giving, again, I mean giving value to others. So, uh, you know, I'm a big believer, as I I know you are, in the fact that titles are very important. (laughs) So uh, I came up with the go-giver as sort of a a contrast to the more well-known term go-getter. However, it's very important, and I I always make this point, that we love go-getters, too, because go-getters are people of action. And, you know, we know you can have the greatest thoughts best intentions, the most fantastic ideas, but unless action's put into the mix, nothing's going to happen. Um, but the fact is also that mo- many go-getters are also go-givers, but we would say every go-giver is also a go-getter. The opposite of a go-giver is a go-taker. But Forbes, here's the thing, that in calling it the go-giver, it was sort of a pattern interrupt, right? You know, people looking in the bookstore or online and they see the go-giver, and it's, oh, what's that about? You know, I know what a go-getter is, but what's a go-giver? And um, fortunately, the title seemed to, you know, to work pretty well. Well, it's genius because now you have five books that are go-giver concept. You know, I didn't actually think about go-getter as the opposite of that or go-taker. You know, one of the exercises that we actually do in my room, and I can't give away too much, is that we do a giver-taker exercise and we surprise people with it because they don't realize that's coming and it's how each of people show up in the room. And it's always quite dramatic when we identify the biggest go-giver versus the taker. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's really interesting and eye-opening to people when they realize how they show up to others. Because they'll yeah. say, well, I thought, I, was, I thought everybody liked me. It's like, no, you're a taker by nature. And that is not what people seem to be want to hang out with, want to associate with. It, it, exactly. People want to be with people that, that bring value to them. Well, and I honestly, this was a massive lesson. It's one of the reasons I teach what I do, because as I grew up without having very much in terms of resources and, and, and parents who grew up during a depression time or grandparents who did. And so a little bit that hoarding thing and that taking and so that when you have it, you don't want to give it up and you don't realize, and this is the craziest thing in my life, that the more you give, and this is for all of my audiences to hear, the more you give, the more you actually get back. In fact, I say the more you give, you actually get back more than you ever imagined. Mm-hmm. And that to me is, it's funny because it's not only in selling. I do this in my personal closet. I, I have a little bit of an issue where I, I've hold on to clothes my whole life because I didn't have much growing up, I guess, is the psychological reason. And when I finally decide, anytime I go into my own personal closet, I give up clothes, literally get rid of them, clean them out. For some people, that's easy. For some people, it's hard. I'm kind of in the middle. Things actually come to me. It's such a universal fantasy. I love doing this game. When we come back, we're going to take a break in just in a minute. I'm going to ask you this for 30 seconds of a little wrap up. We come back. I want to find out how you came to your title and, and what you do and why you teach what you do. Because so many times we talk about people who need to write books about their experience. Most people don't think they're worthy of writing a book. You've written five. So I want to invite my audience in about 30 seconds. We've got to run off to a break. Uh, just give me quick two sentences about what we've been talking about for anyone who just tuned in. Well, really understanding that it's that shift in focus when you're giving value to all that you create the environment where you can receive just stratospherically. And we're going to also focus on that word. I'm very curious how you came up. I've never heard anyone coin anything that had to do with that word when it comes to business because truthfully, don't you want to my, – you know, my dad always said, you know, shoot for the moon. At least you can land in the stars. Brother, you're out there doing stratosphere. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to run off to a break. You're listening to The Forbes Factor, focusing on health, wealth, and happiness. I'm Forbes Riley. My very special guest today is Bob Berg. Don't go away. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight-toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. 
Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Hear the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Forbes Factor with Forbes Riley. Today, we're talking about success. We're talking about the ability to give more than you get so that you can get more than you ever imagined. My special guest is Bob Berg. He has got a whole series of books based around the Go-Giver. His latest one is called The Go-Giver Influencer. And uh, let's welcome Bob back to the show. Hey, it's so great to be with you. I know. And, you know, in the break, we were just talking about Go-Giver Academy. Tell me about that. Yeah, we have a what's called the Go-Giver Entrepreneurs Academy. We used to call it Go-Giver Sales Academy, but typically it's it's more entrepreneurs that 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 come to it. And of course, every entrepreneur is in sales. And it's a uh, it's a two day program. It's two full days, very intense days in Orlando, Florida, and we limit it to ten people because again, it's very specific to everyone. Uh, tend to be very successful people who attend, and we just drill deep over two days, taking the five laws of stratospheric success of the Go-Giver. Everything you know, all the all the laws from uh, uh, you know value to compensation to influence to authenticity, and the last one receptivity, and we gear it toward everyone's business very specifically, so they can get very clear, very concise, and very effective on how they market their business. Can you give me a little insight into the stratospheres, the five laws, or maybe one or two, or just hint at some of the things we could learn? Sure. Uh, well, the, the first one, the law of value, says that your true worth in the business sense is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Now, when you first hear that, it sounds sort of counterintuitive, almost counterproductive. Like, what? Give more in value than you take in payment? Won't you go bankrupt? And, of course not. And for this, we need to understand the difference between price and value. Uh, price is a dollar figure. It's a dollar amount. It's finite. It is what it is. Value, on the other hand, for is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly exchange their money for it and be ecstatic that they did while you, of course, make a very, very healthy profit. And this could be as simple as an accountant who you hire to do your taxes who charges you, uh, we'll just say $1,000, uh, that's their, their fee or their price, but through their years of study, their determination to learn your business, what you're looking to accomplish, get to, they save you $5,000 in taxes. They save you countless hours of time. They provide you with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. Well, what they've done is they've given you well over $5,000 in value or use value in exchange for $1,000. So you feel great about it, and they made a very healthy profit, which they should. And that's the difference between price and value. Now, the key, though, is 
because today technology has really leveled the playing field. Most business, most products and services are pretty much the same. So we've got to be able to distinguish ourselves because obviously if a prospect finds no significant difference between any two or more products or services, they're going to go with who has the lowest price. And as you know, unless your last name is Walmart, trying to make low price your unique selling proposition is not a good way to do business. So we've got to be that additional value. We've got to be able to communicate that additional value and we are that additional value. And it's all in the experience that you bring to the entire process. What's genius about what you're talking about, because so many people who are listening and actually watching on my live Facebook at the moment actually devalue what they do. They don't realize that their experience, their self-worth, all the years of their training is what the exchange of money is about. Mm-hmm. I do a year-long coaching program, and it's, it's expensive. By certain people's means, by some people's, it's nothing. You know, I've got Tony Robbins, who charges a million dollars a year for some of his coaching clients. So I guess it's all relative, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I did one day with one of my clients. She got on my coaching call, which we do weekly. And she said to everyone, after those five hours, that was just one day out of the 365 she gets me, she said, I got, the, I got it. I, I, it's well worth more than what I paid for right. the one day of coaching I got. And that was my intention. Exactly. She got much more. She got significantly more in value than what she paid, and you made a very healthy profit. And both people are supposed to. See, in a a free market-based exchange, a truly free market-based exchange, simply meaning that no one is forced to do business with anyone else. It's free market. Um, the, The main characteristic is that there are always two profits, the buyer profits and the seller profits, because each of them come away better off after the transaction than they were before the transaction you know i don't think most people talk like you do or think the way that you do and so my question which we've not you know we've not explored is where do you come from how did you come to this philosophy well because i'm always questioning things i I think is what it comes to i'm always checking premises and asking well why do people think that way why is this a known fact and i'm putting air quotes around known fact because lots of times they aren't. They're just what people have decided is true, and and other people will back up, and everyone comes to the same false conclusion. And so I so I think that's really what it is. I have this desire to learn and this desire to know, at least to the best of my ability. And I think really that's where, where that comes from. Well, but give me a little more specific. I want to know background. Where are you from, and what have you been doing before you got here? Well, I, I began uh, as a uh, broadcaster, uh, first in radio and in, in sports, and then I was the late-night news guy for a, uh, for a very, very small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. This is about 40 years ago. And uh, I wasn't very good at it, but <laughs> it, but it gave me great experience, and that was that was very valuable. I think even then, though, I was too positive for the medium. My idea of a good opening would have been something like, "Good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Berg in the news tonight. Everything's great. <laughs> so, <laughs> go to sleep. We'll let you know if something comes up." <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I, if yeah, I soon graduated into sales, and I was no longer in broadcasting. Um, the the challenge, Forbes, was that I uh, knew nothing about sales, and the uh, the training where I was at the time was was negligible at best. So uh, for the first few months, I floundered, and then fortunately, I walked into a bookstore and saw two books. One was by Tom Hopkins, and the other by Zig Ziglar, and I got those. But I had never heard of either of them at the time. I didn't even know. 
sales teaching was a thing, right? And I just dove into those books and studied them at night and applied, of course, the information. And within a few weeks, my sales began to go through the roof. And that just opened up the doors for me. And it made me understand that when you find a system for something, a methodology, there's practically nothing that you cannot accomplish, which is why to this day, I say that I define a system as simply the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. Wow. What a very clever... What did your dad do for a living? Um, my dad, who who grew up, you know, very, very poor in, you know, the immigrant, you know, the, the, the Americana type immigrant slums and, you know, left school to fight in World War II and, you know, grew up through the Depression, the whole thing. He always had a, a very natural gift with people. And he actually founded a gymnasium school that taught people how to be more self-confident. And so it was very psychodynamically oriented. So it was it was kind of mixing both physical activity, sports, and self defense with a real what would now be called emotional intelligence. But back then that wasn't even a word. But but Dad had that long before the term was it was ever invented. So I got to really learn from a couple of great examples in my parents. All right. So one of the questions that I ask all the time is, what was your first memory in life? My first memory. Uh, I think I was probably about four years old, and I was outside playing with my um, Doberman pincher, Sam. He was a good, good, good pup. Okay, and how old were you? Uh, I think four. And what do you remember about that moment? Just the the love and the, you know, the friendship and the loyalty. Uh you know, of my dog. And of course, I'm a, an animal fanatic <laughs> to this day. So um, that, that probably uh, helped and started it. And of course, we, we always had, uh, always had uh, dogs growing up. Well, so interesting. So interesting question for you. What decision does a little boy make about life based on that moment? Uh, say, th- say that again. What decision does a little boy make about life based on that moment? Oh, I think that, that animals are our best friends. Okay, well, that's part of it. But there was this, there was this, you, you seem to be someone who's had a fun, adventurous life, yes? Well, one thing we did not talk about, because it just you know, didn't get brought up, but my, um, I'm not sure what you would call it, but uh, I grew up with and have to this day, and always will, um, have obsessive-compulsive disorder, OCD. Uh, not not the type when people lackadaisically say, oh, I'm so OCD about that. that that's not OCD. <laughs> that's a whole different thing than having a, a chemical imbalance in your brain. Um, and it's it's actually a very torturous type of, of thing and, and presents quite a challenge uh, to go through life with. Um, and back then when I was growing up, you know, nobody knew what that was. I wasn't even diagnosed till I was 26. So this is kind of the part. I've done interviews on this and there's, there's videos on it and so forth out there, but uh, it's not something I, I necessarily get into, unless someone says to me, you've had a pretty fun life. <laughs> well, but I actually, see, this is part of what I appreciate, and this is the, de- the depth of the work that I have been doing, is that really understanding the psychology behind how people are successful. You know, people come to me and say, I want to lose weight. They'll lose weight, and they're not any happier, and you go, wait, that wasn't what you wanted, so you put the weight back on, and now you've got all those reasons to be more unhappy. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to something just a little bit beyond the surface. So that's fascinating. How did your OCD show up when you were a kid? Uh, wow. This, uh, 
this is even it's it's even tough for me to you know to to talk about it and i and i really can't get into specifics because some of the things are so within the mind so so personal and so horrific but it um it, it it OCD is kind of a combination of unwanted thoughts, thoughts that are really uh, hurtful, harmful, really horrid thoughts that attack you at what you value most. And then uh, to rid yourself of these, you go through all sorts of compulsions, actions, which are designed to alleviate those kind of magically. I mean, it's a really strange, strange kind of thing. Uh, let's put it this way, though. People with OCD are not crazy because we realize that these thoughts are crazy. Right, that's the catch twenty-two. If we had these 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 thoughts and obsessions, and didn't know it was crazy, that would be crazy. But um, but unlike someone having you know an obsessive personality, uh, that can actually be very positive because sometimes that you know drives people to do certain things. But I would say this, Forbes, and I, I say this very seriously: nobody succeeds because of OCD. They succeed despite OCD. Well, and, you know, we're going to jump off to a break right now, but I'm going to share with you, I think that life, you are the sum of the obstacles you overcome. Sometimes the bigger the obstacle, the greater the win as perceived by society. But then most people succeed in spite of all the things they've had to deal with. So uh, we must take a break at the moment. I am so very intrigued by your honesty and what you've shared with us. When we come back, we've got more with Bob Berg. Don't go away. You're listening to Forbes Riley right here on Weekly on the Forbes Factor. We'll see you in a minute. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you hate going to the gym but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight-toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. 
to call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Well, hey everyone, and welcome back to the Forbes Factor. I am very, very intrigued by today's conversation. We've got um, author and success specialist, that's what I'm going to call him, Mr. Bob Berg. He's written several books uh, based on the concept of the go-giver as opposed to somebody who's a go-getter, but not that you can't be a go-getter to be a go-giver, but don't be a go-taker. Say that five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my acting background. Hey, Bob, welcome back to the show. Um, We took a little left turn, and I think my audience knows this, uh, to expect the unexpected with Forbes Riley. I'm very spontaneous, and I go wherever the the spirit moves me. So we're focused a little bit on success and some of his stratospheric principles. He's got five of them. They're in his first book. Uh, And... But then we got a little, what I like to see is how do people get to be successful? And we've been sharing about something you were diagnosed with when you were 26. You were diagnosed with OCD and how, and I love your definition. You said, no, it's not that I'm being OCD about something. It's something you actually deal with. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a chemical imbalance. And, and you know, you hear people saying all the, oh, I'm so OCD about this. And, and I got to admit, when I when I hear someone say that, and I think most OCD sufferers, we hear someone say that, we kind of want to scream because we know how inaccurate it is. But we also know that people, you know, don't don't no don't mean it in a bad way. They just don't know better. But yeah, OCD. And by the way, for those and and. You know, Forbes, like I said earlier, it doesn't usually come up in conversation, but whenever it does, there will be people who will email me because they think either they or most likely someone they love, maybe a child, might be suffering from OCD, and they had never really heard about this before. So I just want to let you know, if I may say this, the OCD Foundation, based in Boston, does a wonderful, wonderful job. Their uh, URL is IOD. CDF, I-O-C-D-F dot org, the International OCD Foundation, and they have lots and lots of resources. And, you know, it's not like when I was a kid when it was not diagnosed because no one knew what it was. Now they can help kids just, you know, right about from the beginning. And so that's a, a fantastic resource if you think that might be an issue for you or someone you love. How would you know that was an issue? Because you'd see your child or this person being very, very unhappy all the time, and you'd see them doing things like walking somewhere, but then having to retrace their steps and keep going back, and then retracing and keep going back. Uh, you know, they they might have the stereotypical obsessively or compulsively, I should say, washing their hands over and over and over again. But it's typically not because they have a thing about washing their hands. That's usually the symptom of the thought they're having. And so when you see them doing things that you would just say are plain strange or weird and and it it is attached to a whole lot of sadness that they seem to have for really no other reason – then it may or may not, by the way, or may not be OCD, but it may be. So what I would say is to go to a mental health professional and ask, or you can go to the, the site, the IOCDF.org site, and, I, and they have information on how to know, how to be able to recognize it. Well, so that's interesting. Um, what's going on in someone's head when they have this? And you talk about it being chemical. Is there a drug that you can take to help balance that out? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've personally been on, on a, uh, a brand of Paxil for years and years. And thank that goodness. Just, that just calms uh, it down? Pardon me? That just calms it down? Uh, I don't know, calm down. I think it makes the symptoms a little bit softer and more manageable. I mean, I still have the OCD, and I still struggle with it every day. But it's it's... But it's made it more manageable. Uh, there's also, uh, you know, I- I- exposure therapy, which is is really what can help someone really kind of get past this to a big degree. I was never able to really do that and, and find success with it only because I, I, w- I just wouldn't do it. It was just too painful for me to do, and so I never never actually did it. What does um, it mean? But, what is too painful to do? Huh? Well, what is too painful to do? The uh, well, what, what's called the ex- exposure therapy, and um, it, it's a it's it's a little bit difficult to kind of get into, a, a little bit hard to explain, but um, but it, it's actually in a sense, it's it's putting yourself in those positions that just drives your mind, you know, absolutely, for lack of a better word, crazy, and and facing that and being able to. Uh, it also has to do with certain things that it, that would bother an OCD person if they have those types of things. Which again, I just they're so personal, I, I just can't really get into it. No, it's it's fascinating. Exposure it's, response therapy is what they call it. ERT. Well, because I'll tell you what we're doing this weekend is we're doing a Forbes Factor that is three days of putting people in very uncomfortable positions. Not quite to the degree that you're talking about. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's it's a different yeah. Here, here's the tough thing about trying to explain OCD to somebody. And by the way, I did not mean to interrupt you, and I absolutely apologize for for doing that. Um, I've just it's like I've heard that same thing. You know, you, you, as an OCD person, see, everyone has had a disturbing thought in their life. Okay, everyone has had something they felt compulsive about, and everyone's had a fear. So because of that, you think, oh, well, this is what you do, you know, or, yeah, well, it's, a, it's just night and day. And I, I, it's something that only an o, other OCD sufferer would kind of get what I'm saying. And that's sure. one of the reasons why it's so difficult to be able to really explain OCD to someone who's not an OCD sufferer. And quite frankly, I'd rather them not be an OCD sufferer and not get <laughs> I get that. Well, you know, and I, I appreciate your honesty. So let's go back to, and I, so for, here's the thing. Maybe we touched on the subject because somebody out there needed to hear this. Maybe. Uh, who deals with this as an issue and doesn't even know it's real. That's right. I think one of the things as Kate Spade committed suicide yesterday, oh. and I, I never met Kate. I own her pocketbooks, so I have some alliance, allegiance to her, an awareness of her. She's a 13-year-old daughter that she left behind. Oh. I read a piece of the, uh, her suicide note that talked about, you know, please don't blame yourself. And, and my heart just hurt because I've got two 15-year-olds and I'm just going to start to cry, but I would never want to do anything to, to leave them. I'm wondering what has to be so painful in your head yep. that you would want to check out and leave your daughter behind. I, I just can't imagine that. But what we all don't understand is that some people suffer so badly with things yep. that are unexplainable, whether it's depression, manic depression, OCD, Yep. Um, we all have our little demons to whatever degree we have them, but that was obviously pretty bad to end it all. We exactly, and and you're you're right on one hundred percent. We simply don't know. Yeah, and it, and it's very sad. Um, I, I think about Robin Williams. I think about personal friends of mine. I had one of my students commit suicide. 
uh, actually two, one who was obvious he had had a, a nerve damage one day when they did a dental procedure and he just could no longer live with the constant pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a little more understandable. My right, opinion. I was just going to say that. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you've ever been in pain and you can imagine there's no no way ever out of it. Like I know when I get a headache or you get sick, you're like, okay, I can yep. get through this because I know there's an end or an aspen or something. But if you know you can't ever get out of that, I would imagine that would drive you crazy. Yeah. Um, and then one of my other girlfriends, you just, it, it's fascinating what your mind will do to you. And I'm very, very much committed to helping people where I can get through what I think is keeping them stuck. Yeah. And, and and what's interesting is that we got to this conversation because I asked you that question that I ask so often is what was your first memory in life? And it seems to uncover a lot. It's not really a first memory. And for people who know me and love me and listen to this over and over again, especially on my, my coaching every Wednesday night, we come to understand that it's not your real first memory, but it's what drives the hard drive of your mind is that you've settled on this because it's, and actually some of the work that we do allows people to have a different first memory, believe it or not. So, uh, and I, I love that we got into this conversation. Let's go back around because I don't have a whole lot of time and I want to talk about what you're up to now. Let's go back to the concept of the go-giver, the entire theme of today's show and of your work. You have a new book called The, go- the Go-Giver Influencer? Yeah. Okay, explain to everybody what that is. Well, it's another business parable co-authored with John David Mann, who's really the, the lead writer and storyteller. Uh, he's just such a, a brilliant guy. I'm much more of a how-to person, as you can probably tell just you know through, <laughs> through this discussion. Um, but it's really about how to have more influence in your life, influence with, with others. You know, we've, we've seen now in, in our society, whether between family members, friends, uh, co-workers, politicians, political pundits, and Forbes, you know, the tens of of millions of people on social media today, today's discussions are really no longer discussions, but they seem to be more fueled up, hate-filled, vitriol-spewing diatribes and personal insults. You know, it's yeah. almost like if you don't agree with me, not only are you wrong, but you are evil. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, don't jump into a political conversation about, like, the President of the United States. You will get hate mail. Right. Well, and so the result, though, is minds are not being changed. People are not being influenced or persuaded whatsoever. Instead, they're just remaining stuck in the, I guess, the echo chambers of their already closely held beliefs. And, uh, you know, friends are becoming enemies, discourse is shut down, uh, and people feel really yucky about it. And so what we wanted to do is through a business story, because these are the, you know, the, the, the Go-Giver series is a, a business series, but we, we make them life principles, of course. Uh, but we really wanted to show how you could be more influential, how you could be more persuasive, how you could speak to people with kindness and respect and tact without compromising your values. Can I, can I ask a quick question? Can you share with my audience how important it is to write a book? How have these books changed your life? Well, when I wrote my first book, it was totally because I had started as a speaker, and, uh, you know, this is back in the 90s, and people said, uh, you know, Berg, if you want to, to really uh, be positioned better, be more marketable, uh, increase your fees, and, you know, several other benefits, you need to write a book. And I, you know, I listened to them, and I did that, and absolutely, it made a huge difference, uh, now, back then, I used the book as a proactive marketing tool, as a positioning tool. 
And so I think it's, you know, depending upon what you do, if, if credibility is something that you need in order to be more influential, then I think writing a book is, is very important. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with my audience, because as a successful author, everybody needs to hear that. And I also love the concept that you've written them as parables. Yeah, the ones with John are parables. He's such a great writer. My first few were, uh, were you know, how-to books like Endless Referrals and uh, Adversaries into Allies is another one that's a how-to. But um, the biggest selling ones have absolutely been parables. <laughs> All right, well, you've got something very special for my audience. We're going to go off, take our last break of my show for this hour. When we come back, we're going to offer you a very special gift and an insight on how you can become a better go-giver, and then you'll actually end up go-getting more than you ever imagined. So everybody, don't go away. You're listening to Forbes Riley right here on The Forbes Factor. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight-toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to The Forbes Factor. To call in with a question or comment, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Forbes at ForbesRiley.com. Now back to the show. Here's Forbes Riley. Everybody, welcome back to the Forbes Factor. We're on radio, but I'll tell you what, I'm simulcasting today, and I'm doing a lot of this on my Facebook. You can always go to my Facebook page. Uh, I've got a couple of them, but uh, and, and comment and leave messages. I still handle all of my own social media. But one of my, my fans on 
my Facebook Live right now commented on my hair and makeup, which is funny because for radio, you don't have to do that. And as a woman, I will tell you, it's the reason that we struggle so much. It takes an hour, hour and a half between blow drying the hair, doing the false eyelashes, doing the makeup. It's un- Bob, you have more time. You should be grateful for that. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> all right so if you're just joining us and and shame on you go back and listen to the entire program on our podcast which you can find on itunes but we are listening to mr bob burke he is the author of the go-giver book series and we're talking about the go-giver influencer at the moment so bob we're talking about your influencer books how you came to write them the the um that would be the alarm company asking me if everything's okay hang on one second <laughs> hello so we're talking with Bob Berg, and Bob, I want to just share with you, with everyone about the series of books that you've written called The Go-Giver. Let's remind everybody what the books are about. Uh, yeah, they're basically about being able to, to move from an I or me focus to an other focus, looking for ways to bring value to, to others, individually and to the marketplace as a whole. And while they're business-based books, they, I, I think you, know, you and I both know this, and Forbes, I know you teach this, that success is, encompasses many areas of life. There's financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, what have you. And so it's really when we can, when we can focus on bringing value to others, not in a self-sacrificial way, not in a martyrish way or anything, but in a way that's congruent with our values and serves everyone and advances everyone, ourselves and others, you know, that's when we live a life that's happy, that's fulfilling, that's rich, and that's uh, a lot of fun. So my question is, your latest book, and then you've got something special for my audience, a special free thing that they can enjoy and get into your world, yes? Yeah, they can, uh, if they'd like, they can, when they go to thegogiver.com, they can get a uh, special report, Endless Prospects, The Go-Giver Way. I love that. How did you come to, you know, you really are a, an amazing help when it comes to salesperson. Should we read your first books as well? They're very more technical than these stories, but should, is that a good thing for most salespeople to get involved? Uh, you know, endless referrals is a, is a, and it's really, it's not technically based. It's just more how to. And, and so it's, but it's very step by step. I mean, I kind of lay it out there in such a way that, that anyone can follow it. It's very, very much a system for uh, being able to develop win win relationships that lead to business and referrals. So, you know, they could read endless referrals if they'd like. Uh, or, um, after the original book, The Go-Giver, the only one in the series that's not a parable is called Go-Givers Sell More. And that's when we, John and I sort of took the principles from The Go-Giver and, and showed how they apply specifically to businesses, utilizing real-life examples from people who've done this. Now, you teach uh, a class on how we can be a go-giver. You do it uh, once a year in Orlando? Uh, about three times a year. It's called the Go-Giver Sales Academy. Well, it used to be Sales Academy. Now we call it the Go-Giver Entrepreneurs Academy. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, two full days where we go very, very deep and personal into people's business. And there's only ten people, so it's it's we are able to keep it very specific and very focused. And, really, we've had so many breakthroughs happen at these. It's just a, you know, it's a fantastic feeling. All right, so if somebody goes where and says Forbes, would you give them a little special deal? Uh, I'll give them a, a lot of uh, love and hugs. Okay, I think that works. So where would they go? <laughs> where, where do they go to find out more about this? You know, they could, they could go right to thegogiver.com uh, and, and where it says work with Bob, they can find that there. Or they could go to Go Giver Sales Academy because it still says that on the uh, URL, Go Giver 
salesacademy.com. Um, the, uh, they could find it there. And, and Forbes, the reason why I, I, I answered with love and hugs as opposed to giving them a discount is because we teach people how not to discount. We want people selling on high value as opposed to you know lower discounted prices. And even though, I, of course, for you, I would do anything, uh, we, just don't, we just don't want to do something that we you know, that when we teach, we tell them not to do. <laughs> no, no, actually, that's interesting. I actually use some sometimes money as an incentive for people to go somewhere. But if you're going to want extra hugs and love, that is okay. Just tell them, you know, Bob Forbes sent you and you will get extra hugs and love. And that works out just fine. Yeah, we figure right, you're so, more yeah. value as opposed to lower price. <laughs> I love that. And actually, you know, you talked about giving more value in exchange for, for money. Um, I, I loved your principles. This has been a great conversation. You also have a podcast. How can we listen to that? Uh, just go to thegogiver.com, and I think if you scroll down one or two pages, uh, you'll see the Go Giver podcast. The one that we uh, have out uh uh, you know, right now is just, uh, it's about a young man, Alex Benayan, who, who wrote a book called The Third Door, and it is one of the best books I have ever, ever read in my life. Um, and uh, we, we try to bring someone every week who's just uh, spectacular. We've got to get you on there, too, if you ever have the time to drop in on us. Well, I, I qualify under spectacular. That's good. Wait, wait. Yes, you do. Yes, you wait, do. What is, what is the third door about real quick? I'm curious. Uh, it, it's about it, – it, Alex Benayan, at 18 years old, left college and decided that if he could meet the most famous bit people in the world from business, from entertainment, from sports, uh, it would – he'd find the secret to success. Well, he actually went out there and in, over the next five or six years did meet all these people, and, and the list is amazing from Bill Gates to Steven Spielberg. What this kid had to do to get in the, the door was Amazing, but it's the lessons he found out that he learned along the way that was the biggie. And I've got to tell you, this book was spectacular, and his interview is just a riot. And the first thing he did at 18 years old to fund his trip is he hacked his way onto The Price is Right, a show he'd never actually seen before, and won the grand uh, prize that, that made his trip possible. Oh wow, that is spectacular! Oh, it's amazing. You just gotta know this kid. He he's a, he is just something else. All right, so give me a little wrap up. I got one minute. Give my audience something to take home, some major nugget. Well, I just remember when I when I started in sales and I was starting to do pretty well, but I wasn't reaching anywhere near my potential. And one of sort of the old wizened old sales pros at the or he wasn't actually in sales, but he was he was at the company where I worked. He said, "Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in sales," he said, "don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others." Now, when you hit the target, he continued, "you'll get a reward, and that reward will come in the form of money." And you can do with that money whatever you choose. But never forget, the money is simply the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. Your target is serving others. Oh, I love it. That's just so beautiful. Bob, I want to thank you very, very much for being a special guest on my show today. And I look forward to being a podcast guest on yours. I'm so grateful for you, Forbes. Keep up the great work, my friend. All right. Have a wonderful week. And uh, for those of you, who, I've got one more minute little uh, wrap up from Forbes Riley. You know, when I get guests like uh, Bob who are not only willing to share their personal and business philosophy and success, but willing to delve into themselves personally, it reminds me that I do this show for you. For those of you who need to hear uh, sometimes more than you tuned in for, please recommend the show. Please share the broadcast. 
Tell your friends that we're doing some amazing work here with phenomenal guests. And as always, you've been listening to Forbes Rally. I give you permission in your life to have the most wonderful experience ever. I'll see you guys again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We'll see you again soon.